0: Right, you get out of well, military. Military. And you're military. you're an Sherpa overworker, podcast. I'm your host, you're going to get out of military. military and You're going an to overwork, and you think that you won't. But overworking in the backyard, overworking at your second career, or overworking at your primary and career and when you're at now, those brothers, are all the sisters. same. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left. Leadership insights from America's best with your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilsher. Been to Transform Team Communication? Great. If you haven't been, uh, now is your chance. Like we are pushing towards the end of the year, there are so many opportunities left, but every week one of those opportunities goes away because we're we're just racing towards the end of the year. So I'll talk more about that at the end of the podcast. But today I want to talk about something I don't think I've ever talked about on this show before. Possibly I have, maybe I haven't, but it's about divorce. And what I want to talk about, I'm going to try to make this a quick episode. Uh, but what I want to talk about is a false narrative or a a false belief that I used to have. And the false belief that I used to have was I used to think that the military had higher rates of divorce than the civilian sector had. I used to think that, you know, it made sense to me like military life was hard and and you know the civilian sector was was easier, was more predictable and and so I thought our military folks had a higher rate of divorce than our civilian sector and why shouldn't we right? We have higher rates of things like alcoholism, or, or so I think, and assault. And, and so why don't we just lump all the negative consequences of life, like divorce and other things, into that pile as well? And I found that I'm actually wrong in that area. I'm wrong that the military is so stressful that people get divorced. And what I found when I was doing research on this topic was that military folks tend to get married younger, And so there's something attractive, and I'm not trying to play into stereotypes here, but there's something attractive about marrying into the military. Like there's all the dependa memes, and some people will be triggered by the word dependa. Some people will laugh that I use the word dependa. But there's all these dependa memes, right? Which is like, I just want your TRICARE or your BAH. And uh, there's a lot of stereotypes that go along with that. And I'm not playing into those stereotypes, but I am going to say that stability uh, can be attractive, that a stable profession can add to somebody's attractiveness score, let's say, right? You don't have to be marrying somebody for the money. Let's face it, like people in the military aren't necessarily getting rich, but there, there is something attractive about a stable, dependable you know, person with a, a nice haircut and a, and, a, and a future, right? And so those things definitely play into who we select as our long-term mate. And so for life, right? And so military folks do get married earlier. And I can feel myself tap dancing around that a little bit. So you probably felt that too. But as I, as I think about it, it's like military members, the fact is that we get married earlier. We get married younger. And that as well, I thought, well, maybe that leads to higher rates of divorce in our, in our military folks. But the truth is that active duty folks, at least according to military.com, in, the, in an article they wrote, divorce rate among active duty troops remains stable. That's the title of the article. You could catch that on military.com. But they say that active duty folks, the divorce rate is 3 to 4%. 3 to 4%? Like think about that. That is that is that is a statistical anomaly when you consider that 50 to 60% of civilians are getting divorced. So military folks are getting married earlier and they're staying married for the most part. Like they're staying married. And we all know people in the military that are divorced. But there's a lot of them that are staying together. And and that blew my mind, three to 4%. I couldn't believe it. Like, not only was I wrong, but I was really wrong, like really, really wrong. And what I discovered, and I learned this a while ago, so it's not like I just recently came upon this information, but I learned this a while ago, is that veterans, veterans get divorced. Veterans get divorced at a rate much higher than civilians do. And so our active duty folks, they're three to 4% civilians 50 to 60%, veterans are 60% more likely to get divorced than civilians are. And so something happens when we get out of the military that our spouses, our relationships, they they're they're not as strong. They don't weather the storm. It's easier apparently to go through deployments and and physical separations and TDYs and long hours and all of the things that come along with being in the military, that stuff easy to weather. But then you retire, you have a retirement check, you 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 have disability income, you have a, a, a history of life experiences together, you have children, you have, and that is, is harder to bear than all of the burdens that we carried. And I often say like, you can get through anything, right? You can get through anything in the moment, you know, if you set your mind to it or the human ability to endure right? The first person who ran the marathon, we run marathons because at one time in Greece, someone ran the exact distance of a marathon, right? To warn of an incoming attack. And he got there, he delivered the message and then he died immediately. So it wasn't that he couldn't make the run. He ran. It was the moment that he stopped running. His body didn't know what to do. His body didn't know how to, how to take it down a notch. His body didn't know how to, to, to leave the running behind without killing himself and i think it's a really good analogy like in the military it's like we can run and run and run and run and surge and it feels like we're always surging even when we're not at war and we're we're doing more with less and 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 more with less and we have less so we do more and 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 this crazy cycle happens and then when it's time to stop running everything falls apart veterans are 60% more likely to get divorced than civilians and money is being thrown at this issue. It's not like I'm the only person who realizes this. Like I'm just reading the work that others are doing. And everyone has an opinion and people are trying to figure out, the, the follow the data, right? What does the data say? And people are focusing, a lot of the, the studies that I listen to and a lot of the studies that I read are focused on the military member. They're focused on PTSD and and combat weariness and is it combat veterans versus non-combat veterans, and all these things. And these are these are great fields of study. And and I pray that they continue and and try to get to the bottom of what's happening. But I think we're focusing in the wrong place, at at least partly. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the spouses rather than with the military members. And I I look at my house in particular, and I I think of my wife in particular, who is the most amazing person that I know. The things that she sacrificed and the things that she endured over the years, uh, I mean, just like you, right? Like if, if you're active duty and you're listening to this podcast, just like you, your spouse endured things that you don't even know about. They, they only brought up the stuff that, that came to the surface, but there's so much underneath. And so I look at my wife and what I think she shares in common with most civilians or most spouses is a better way to say it, with most spouses is that I believe that she thought and, and she should have reasonably expected that when we got out of the military, things would change that payback was coming someday, that payoff was coming someday, that the investment that we made as a couple while we were in the military was going to pay off and life would be different when we got out and we would enjoy that different life together. And I think a lot of spouses think that rightfully so. And so if we think of our, our tool, right, the peace index, the peace index is how we measure your health. You could say mental or physical or spiritual, forget all those things. This is how we measure you. We're gonna put them all in one bucket. And we use five categories, right? Purpose, place, provision, physical health, and people. Your purpose, do you live for something greater than yourself? Your place, do you love your home and your work and and your environment? Do they meet your needs? Do you feel safe? Provision, money, do you make enough spend within your means? Are you outrageously generous? Physical health, food, sleep, exercise, and people, relationships in your life. Do you have people that love you that you support and challenge and vice versa? And when we're in the military, our spouses end our, sometimes our peace index, the total of all of those things aggregated together, sometimes we let those dip into the negative or have a downward trend. Sub 50, we would say, is, is the negative, right? If they're half of what they could be, then we often think that's, that's unhealthy, especially if you're trending down and if you're getting worse. And that our spouses think, well, yes, I place, I don't really like the base I'm in. Relationships, I'm far from my family. But when we retire, we're going to move somewhere that we're both going to enjoy. We're going to integrate into our community. So your spouse is looking forward to those things. What happens when you get out of the military and you don't move somewhere your spouse wants to be? Because you got a job in Phoenix, Arizona, but she's always wanted to live by the beach, but that's where the work was. It's really good money and it's what I want to do. So you, as the military member, follow your purpose and your finances and your spouse is once again being asked to take their place, their place score, their neighborhood, their community, their, their work, their home, and to continue suffering in that area, to let that score remain low. Well, that isn't what they signed up for, not in their mind. Now, it was never discussed. And so expectations were levied, and then they were they were crushed. And so that's what, what ends up happening in my mind. Or the military member continues chasing their purpose because you don't change right? You get out of the military. If you're an overworker, you're going to get out of the military and you're going to overwork and you think that you won't, but overworking in the backyard, overworking at your second career or overworking at your primary career, the one you're at now, those are all the same. If you don't like sitting on the couch and and having a cup of tea with your spouse, you're not suddenly going to get out of the Air Force or Army, Marines, Coast Guard, any of you really out of the Department of Defense and and suddenly just want to sit around and connect. If that isn't your primary motivation now when you have a day off, it's not going to be your primary motivation when you have a day off later. If you're an overworker, you're going to be an overworker. But your spouse doesn't always think that. And so your spouse often thinks that payback is coming someday, that you're going to get out of the military. And together, your score, your peace index and their peace index are going to be going up, or at least theirs is going to be going up. And that they're going to enjoy retirement with you ideally. And that payback doesn't always come. And so when I'm coaching people that are on their way out of the military, this is one of the biggest things I have to talk to them about. I had a hard fall when I got out of the military. I looked at my peace index before I got out and I looked at my peace index after I got out and my purpose and my my place uh, and even my physical health and my relationships, all those scores went down. All of them. Like every one of them. Dramatically so. Like I used to have... 100 airmen in my schoolhouse. I would high five them every Friday. I had a cadre that I was always pouring into and developing. And, you know, I, I had my people scores through the roof. And then I got out and I had no one that I was investing into outside of my family, not, which is not a small thing, but it isn't the same. My place, like we left Europe and Germany and our little farm, and we were very happy that we lived there for eight years. So my scores went down. And as we think about you and your transition, whether you transition at 10 years, four years, 21 years, or 30 years, what is your spouse's peace index? What is your peace index? That's a conversation that needs to be had. I didn't have that conversation. I wish that I would have. I need to have it now, right? Like I need to have it now. It's not too late, but now is the right time, right? When's the perfect time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time? Today. But we need to be looking at our peace index as part of our plan. So when it's time for you to consider retirement, and I would encourage you to do it now rather than then, it's like, where is your peace index and what are we doing to improve it? And when we retire, how do we make sure that both of our needs are being met? Because I, I can virtually guarantee you that if your spouse thinks payback is coming and that payback isn't coming, and it seems like that payback is always elusive around the corner, things won't go easy. And there's a reason, and I believe this is the primary reason in my opinion, and this is not database, this is just my opinion. But I believe that this is why veterans have a 60% higher likelihood of getting divorced than our civilian counterparts do. And the good news, and there's always good news, the good news is we can do something about it. That's it, right? And so the prep work that we do now on our five areas, communication, relationships, alignment, execution, capacity, they apply to our families and our homes if you and your spouse have lousy communication don't expect your relationship to be strong if your relationship isn't strong don't to, don't expect to be aligned and if you're not aligned you won't understand each other's peace index you won't understand what each other wants from the future where we're headed you won't have similar plans which will only lead to disappointment and if you don't have alignment you're not executing together and if you're not executing together you're not as efficient as you could be and your capacity will therefore be smaller you have less capacity so you'd be more exhausted, but producing the same amount of work, probably less work. So I wanted to bring that to light. It's something I talk about really often when I teach Transforming Team Communication in our instructor certification seminar. I bring this up. I've been bringing it up for, I mean, well over a year. Every time that, that something comes up about somebody's home, I, I tend to bring up this, veterans have a higher rate of divorce than civilians. It's something you need to know. You need to know. Gosh, wouldn't it be horrible to go through 20 years, let's say, and investing in each other only to separate at 23, 24, 25 years and start over? Can't imagine such a thing. But it's happening. It's happening all the time. So I hope this podcast episode you found to be useful. I feel a little bit negative, but there's definitely a positive spin because you can start working on these things now. The Peace Index is a powerful tool. And we need to be sharing our scores, coaching through with our spouses just like we do with ourselves. And I need to be better about this myself. And so this is something I wanna commit to doing and being better about, uh, just like I'm calling you to be. So liberation is happening. If you find this to be a liberating conversation, thinking about your spouse in a different way, thinking about how to coach your, your airmen, your soldiers or sailors in a different way. If this is valuable to you and you haven't been through our Transforming Team Communication course, what are you waiting for? Now is the time. The feedback on this class is consistently best class I've ever taken. Transformed the way I look at my spouse. Change my life. If you've been through this class, I need you to put one person in this year so that we can multiply our liberation efforts. How many people need this? Everyone needs this. We need to have a waiting list beating the door down, and you're critical to that. So who can you fund this year? Put someone into class. Can you add a few seats to your unfunded list? Do we need to start talking about coming to your base next year? Now is the time as we're headed into the end of the year to start thinking about these things. So HTTP colon slash slash whoever says that these days, but military Sherpa.com is a list of all of our classes. And for all of my instructors, we're starting the last week of September, we're starting a, a giant coaching certification cohort. And so we're kicking that off. It'll be the last week of September. And this is going to be for primarily those folks who have been through our Transforming Team Communication class. If you haven't been through it, I might be able to get you in there and, and maybe even get you Transforming Team Communication certified beforehand. Excuse me. Beforehand. Um, but we'll have to talk about that. We'll have, to, we'll have to do that individually. But MilitarySherpa.com, go out there. You can see all of our classes. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilsher.